But I want to talk to you about passion being your fuel. And I want to talk to, talk to you about those that are gained purpose. The Lord created every person here for a purpose in life. God has a purpose for you to live. So it's, it's not just doing passions, what you want to do. Man, I did that for most of my life. I did what I wanted to do. How many of that worked real well for you? Yeah, it did, didn't work for us, did we? Because we just, it just didn't work out. Because what we found out, we were put here for a purpose. There is a reason when you go out and look at the stars at night, and you can possibly, they take the Hubble telescope, and they look all the way out there, and at their furthest place, what look like little stars, but they're just little stars, the little holes that opened up to a brighter and even a bigger galaxy. I tell you what, we serve a mighty God. And a God, God is bigger. God is bigger. God is so much bigger than what you can find, than, than your family. God's so much bigger than you are. And God is so much bigger than this city. God's so much bigger than this world. And God has multitudes of galaxies across this universe. And there are so many, millions and billions of planets out there. I say, we serve a big God. And when you study that stuff, it's just so good. Uh, that you, study, you can see the most minute detail is taken care, care of. I mean, God does nothing randomly. He does everything because He is a mighty God that can handle it. And that's why it's just so important for we realize that God put us here for a reason and a purpose. And, I mean, God has a purpose that each one of us have an assignment. Now, you may never fulfill that assignment, but every person here has an assignment. One day you'll stand before the Lord. Well, one day we'll stand there. We'll say, Lord, thank you for calling me to do this and empowering me, helping me. And I'm here to give this back to you. And then others say, well, I never knew one. I never knew you had one. I never knew you had anything for me. I never knew that my name was written down. And the Bible says that God has your life written in a book. Every day of it, what the book of Psalms says, every day of your life is written in a book. And the reason I want to talk about how big God is, because God is bigger than us. Therefore, He can make the right decisions for us. And if you're still in the process of trying to run your own life and do your own thing and, and do what you want to do in life, I tell you, your life is going to be boring. And one day you're going to get tired of it. And it'll get tired of it, tired of it, tired of it. But when you be, learn to yield to God's purposes, and then you begin to allow God, as you run after God, and you allow God to begin to speak into your life, and you find out God has some real wonderful things He's called you to do, and then you use that passion that God gives you to fuel that to move forward and to fulfill God's purpose in your life. And then you, life will be fulfilled. And then one day, you'll lay your head on that pillow and say, Lord, I'm ready to go home. It's been a wonderful life, but I'm ready for my next life. Amen. To go to heaven. So the Lord has just so many wonderful things. I mean, for God to communicate with us, you have to realize, <laughs> for God to communicate with us, one thing is, is absolutely amazing. I mean, how many of you have ever seen a little line of ants and you tried to stop that line? You know how it is? You can put your finger there, they just crawl over your finger and keep going. I mean, you put your hand there, they just crawl over your hand and keep going. I mean, that's the same way. It's a, it's a bigger gap when God tries to connect with us than that. It's a bigger gap because God is so mighty and so powerful. And that's why somebody said, God, I want you to give me a 10-year plan. Honey, we couldn't handle a 10-year plan with God's. I mean, his purpose and his plans are so big. God is so much, God thinks so much higher than our way we're able to think to where God allows us 
to, to communi- he communicates to us usually little sections of his purpose for us. But we, we trust in him and allow God to fulfill his purpose through our life. So during this service, what we only have just a few minutes left, and we're going to kind of close in a unique way today. And the way we're going to close service is that if you have an idea of the purpose of God. Now, uh, for the first while after I was saved, I didn't know the purpose of the Lord. And so I just did everything. That's what we did. We just do everything because you're looking for that purpose. You're looking to do that, that, that you hear God say, this is what I created you for. I tell you, and so, but, but then along the line, then God speaks to your heart. And God has multitudes of ways of speaking to your heart. I mean, God speak to you in a wild dream. God can speak to you. God can speak to you with a still, small voice. God can give you an impression of being. But, but the major thing, you come out of it knowing that it's God. And as God reveals his purpose to you, then you use passion. And we're going to talk about that. That's what I'm, the only thing I'm going to talk about today is how to get fueled with that passion to fulfill it. But anyway, when we close today, if you have an idea of what God wants you to do, one of the first things you're going to recognize when God tells you His purpose is, I can't do this. <laughs> wow, this is so much bigger than me. I can't handle this, God. I can't handle this. I can't do this. And I truly believe that there are those in, sitting in this place this morning that God's called you to big purposes. And the reason you'll know that it's God, because what God calls you to is that same God size compared to your little ant size. See? I mean, God's calling you according to what He knows He can do through you. And what you're wanting to do is what you think you can do. But God wants to call you to do what He can do through you. So, anyway, so you that have ideas of that, I feel it's very important that we, that we are able to do that anointed. You understand? Because once you find out God's purpose, it takes God's power. Everybody say, God's power. And so we're going to close service this morning by just quickly laying hands on those that know you have an inkling of what God's called you to do. And then my heart is, is to stimulate the rest of us to begin to pursue God to where the Lord can, can begin to speak to us what He wants us to do. Amen? I want to talk to you about passion. Now, the book of Matthew, chapter 22, is, talks about passion. Passion's all through the Bible it's because it's the fuel that God uses to fuel us forward and what he wants us to do. All right. It says, sir, which is the most important command in the law of Moses? That's the question that they asked Jesus. Lord, what's the most important command? What's the most important thing you can tell me to do? That's what they're saying. Lord, what is the most important thing that you can tell me to do? And so Jesus answered it. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Now, if you have a pencil, you can circle the word heart in your Bible. And that word heart in the original Greek, Greek is the word passion. So what God said, the most important thing that I can ask you to do, God said, is to serve me with all your passion. That fueled passion that God is willing to pour into our life. He says, serve me with it. That's why it's really different. There's some of us that have skills, and you work and obedient to that skill, or and you have learned skills. Many of you have possibly giftings. Some of you, uh, when I, I look at uh, Stephen and I see some of that wood he works with, how I many know, oh, man, Stephen's got a gift working with that wood. 
I mean, many of you have giftings. But the important thing is, the reason that we can't serve a gifting is that gifting was given to you to glorify God. So therefore, you've got to find a purpose for it. It's not just enough to go out into the world and use your gift. You've got to find God. God, what purpose, what channel, what way, what vein, what direction did you want me to use this gift in? And then the Lord gives you the purpose of life. So the Lord said the most important thing He can command any of us to do is to love Him with all of my passion, with all of my soul, and with all of my mind. But see what, not only is passion in a good sense, passion also is a real bad sense. Well, I'm saying that there's good passion and there's bad passion. How many of you have had to deal with some of that bad passion? Right? I mean, I mean, Lane, there was a time to where it wasn't safe to be around us when we were mad at each other. It were very passionate fights that we would have. <laughs> and usually it would end from a lane side with several broke plates. You understand? Passionate, man. She would, man, when lane fights, she's passionate. But I've been trying to teach her, honey, that's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> it's like, no, it's my turn. It's my turn. Nobody wants to listen to you. Nobody wants to listen to you. Nobody wants to listen to you. <laughs> and it's like the guy that they'd heard about that how peaceful that him and his wife got along, how, how there never was friction coming out of their house, never heard him yelling, never heard him screaming. And finally, one of the neighbors said, well, what made that? He said, well, when we had been married 30 years, said, I cured my wife to Peking, China. And, I, and it was such a wonderful time there. And they said, you cared? Well, that was wonderful. It must have really done some good things for you. And said, well, I said, what are you going to do when you've been married 40 years? Oh, he said, oh, we're going back to Peking, China. And he said, going to go back and get her this time. <laughs> and so... <laughs> so that's kind of the way it is. <laughs> when it deals with people. All right, then, there is that bad passion. And, and that's found in book of first, uh, found a lot of places in the Bible. So the Bible says you, so it's just not, it's just that fuel, man. It's just like fuel. I mean, you can use your fuel to go anywhere you want to. You can go someplace bad, you can go someplace good. And that's the way it is. A lot of people use their, you know, one of the, one of the most, one of the blessed, one of the most blessed uh, uh, relationships I've had in my life that taught me more, especially about running the church, was a precious man that was a friend in my life. And uh, he would have Lane and I over to his house. He had $160 million, and it was all self-made. $160 million that he had made. But every time I was with him, he was fueling. His passion had to flow. He had this extreme passion that God had put him here to where that he could make money for missions and do the will of God. And he talked about that day in and day out with me. How that that gift of God was in. And that passion just constantly flowed with him. Amen. All right, in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it says, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and ought to please God. Verse 4. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. Now, verse 5. 
not in passion of lust. So not only is uh, over and over in the Bible, the Bible tells us that we can, we can use passion for good things, we can use passion for bad things. And if I use passion to fulfill my lust, it's going to be a bad thing. I don't care that passion can be fueled, may be given to you originally by God. And I don't care, it could be, it could have started off with a good desire. Because see, what lust is, lust is just desire out of control. Anything that I have in my life that I don't allow God to rule it, it will become bad in my life. So everything that I have in my life, no matter even the good things. I mean, how many of you like, man, I tell you what, I love a strawberry shortcake. Man, let me just build it for you. Shortcake, strawberries, whipped cream. Oh, I like that so much. I cannot tell you how many times I've made myself sick on it. You understand? I cannot tell you how many times that I would eat too much of it and get sick on it. So, it can start off with a good desire. Let's say romantic desire. We're we're here at this time. It is Halloween, isn't it? (laughs) It can can start off with, it can start off with, with good desire. I mean, the romantic desires God originally has given to every person. And as long as I keep those, those desires in the confines of God's will and God's word, then romance will always be a beautiful thing in my life. But the moment I've been, I tell you what, I've walked with so many people that they would lose it right here. What, God, what had been given to them originally by God, all of a sudden they began to rule it themselves. And I've had men say, well, you know, it doesn't matter to me. I can look at pornography and it won't hurt me. I still want my wife. I said, not so either. Because that that you're ruling is going to eventually rule you. You understand? Only only anything is safe that God rules. And so, so I've watched so many, so many, so many precious friends went down that road. And before you know it. It started off with pornography, which is wrong, which the Bible tells us not to look at those things, not to be involved there. And I know the Internet offers it. I know it. Everything's offered. But you've got to be different. You've got to love God enough. You've got to. Everybody say, you've got to love God enough. You've got to love God enough to where your desires don't rule you, where you rule that desire or where God rules that desire. But I had so many friends that would start off in that very thing, and then it wasn't long before they started staying down at the cafe too long. And then it wasn't long before they just started coming in too late. And then I've watched men then, and women too, buckle over as they lost everything good in their life. You can't control sin. Sin will control you. Whatever you play with in your life will eventually control you. Amen. So the Bible says, though, so is it not in the passion of lust? So, so it's not given away to the passion of lust. Now, I want you to jump all the way over with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 2. This is, I guess, where we'll be closing. Revelation chapter 2. I'm going to be coming back, Lord willing, for the next few weeks talking to you about this passion because it's the fuel, it's, it's the. It's the fuel that can propel 
the purposes that God's called me to, to great heights. Let me just ask you this. Have you lost the fire? Have you lost the fire? Uh, Passion has its own symbols, doesn't it? Well, what's one of the symbols for passion? Somebody say red. (laughs) Red. We, we, We see passion as red. Confronting. Passion. You know, fire is given to us, the passion that God gives to us, the fire that the Lord gives to us. is It's just not, a, some people find it much easier, easier to be passionate. I'll be honest with you, I'm not a passionate person. Except for certain things. I'm not passionate for sports. I'm not passionate for, for uh, I'm, I'm passionate for this. Lane comes up and says, where do you want to eat? I said, I don't care where we eat. I said, I order the same thing, where would we go? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said, it'll just have a little Spanish sauce or a little Italian sauce. Or all of the same thing. So I have no passions like that. But there's something that I found in my life that I'm extremely passionate for. I'm extremely passionate for God and His purposes. In fact, I, I was, I became so changed. When I came to God, I mean, the Lord just dramatically, Elaine and I, I mean, she quit breaking plates and I started having, I mean, God did a real work in Elaine and I. But it's because we gave ourselves to the passion of the Lord. We allowed God. And, and you do that by filling your life up. See, you'll never have passion in your life if you allow competition to passion to be there. You don't allow things to compete with your passion. And, I was, and so I was a passionate for the Lord. I mean, every day. Every day, Lane and I was in the Word. Uh, and every day we was, uh, there was hardly a night go by that we went in somebody's house talking about Jesus and getting people coming out to talk about Jesus. I mean, it was a new world, new life for me. I, I never knew there was anything like this in the world. I, I mean, I never knew that. I, I hadn't lived for God and, and, and it wasn't that... That I didn't know how to get saved, and knowing so when when the Lord finally saved me, it was it was a world opened up, and for the first time in my life, I found something that I can truly be passionate toward. The burning that fuel, the fire of God. See, the first reason that, that fire burns for us is to sanctify us, to cleanse us. And wow, I tell you that, and it's still working in me. That passion, that's why I see we have to remain passionate. Because the first thing that that fire does in you is sanctifies you or cleanses you. It gets out the impurities, see. Man, the harder you run toward Jesus, the cleaner you get. (laughs) Oh, burn for Jesus! And so, Lena and I, both of us had this extreme passion for God. Had a lot of things still wrong with our life, a lot of things. But the thing that, that we did have was that passion for God. 
And I, I couldn't. There's so much in my life that I couldn't quit. There was things in my life I couldn't stop. There was things that had a hold to me that I couldn't just bring down and quit at that time. But what I could do, I could get up and seek the Lord. Or I could pray. Or I could trust the Lord. It was, oh, there was such a brand new world to me. And so that passion would burn. And really, within a year or a year and a half, you won't believe this, within a year to a year and a half from the point I accepted the Lord, Lane and I was pastoring our first church. And we were pastoring people aboard that was older people. And, that, and because I couldn't compete with them as far as the knowledge. I didn't have their knowledge. I mean, I was talking to I was pastoring people that were so much older than me and, and they didn't have the knowledge they could quote the Bible inside and out but what I had was passion and that passion I knew that God could carry me through praise the Lord Amen. alright Revelation chapter 2 it said yeah there's one thing wrong you don't love me as at the first you see what the Lord said God said there's something wrong in your life and I, I want to say that this morning. If you've lost your passion for God, if this if this become religion to you, if if this become if it is to come what you have to do, and not what you get to do, and not what you love to do, and not what fuels you night and day, there's something wrong. And this chapter tells us what's wrong. Oh, this verse tells us what's wrong. It said, one thing is wrong. You don't love me as you did at the first. You know, that puts a standard as a different thing in my life. Uh, that, see, that says, you're not my standard. Jackie, you're not my standard. What the Bible says, it becomes the standard. is the fire that I burned with when I first came to the Lord. Do you remember that? Do you remember how... Man, I, Lane and I, really, this was so true. When we were first saved, we didn't want to go to sleep at night because we were afraid that when we woke up the next morning, it would be gone. Till literally, we was afraid to sleep because what God had done in our life had so brought such a fire, such a passion. That we were so afraid. Now I look back at my life and I realize, Lord, that becomes the standard. <laughs> that you are not my standard, but what God did in me at the beginning is my standard for the rest of my life. So it just said. So it, it said, don't think about what you are. <laughs> you understand what it says? It says, think about what you was. That's what it says. Don't think about what you are. Because many of you, if you think about what you are, you're going to be really discouraged with yourself. You're going to say, look here, I've been doing this this long time. And I haven't gone anywhere. I haven't done anything for God. And, and you're going to be really discouraged. So the Bible says there's no, there's no help in that. So don't think about what you are. But think about what you was when you came to the Lord. That God started a fire inside your heart. That God's intention, that that fire would never, ever end. Amen.
Now notice what it says, the next part. It said, think about those times of your first love. How different it is now. I'm going to ask you, as, as you just sat there this morning, and if you think about, if it's different, if it's different in the negative sense, then God's fixing to tell me how to fix it. The next part of this verse tells me how to fix it. If my fire has died down, the next part of this verse is going to tell me how I can never lose that fire. It's going to tell me how to get it. How I can get that fire that would never ever leave me. Notice what it says. It said, turn back to me again. That's what it says. God says, Jerry, and I don't know, I tell you what, it, it, this is, it's not the things that, that build that fire. Somebody says, well, you know, I, I'm just going to learn enough. I, I'm going to get a prophet to speak over me. I, I'm, I'm going to get a prophet or I'm going to get a prophecy that's going to change my life. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says your standard of what you will be in him is built on what you were when you first came to the Lord. Now the prophets are good and the words are good and all of that is wonderful. But that's not the measuring stick. So what God tells me, notice what it says next, work as you did before. You see what I said? You see where it says? If I'm going to get that fire back, I've got to do something. Oh, you know what it says. If you want to get that fire back, just begin to sense that fire again. No, that's not the answer, is it? If I'm going to get the fire back, I'm going to have to begin to do what I was doing that brought that fire into my life the first time. I'm going to have to begin to do it. And that's why the fire being built inside of us is not religion. It's not do this and do that, but it's relationship with Jesus. It's prayer. It's being in that word. It's loving God when you come together like this. Those things that we first found out when we first came to Jesus. The thing that made us so changed is what the Bible says. So why does it say there? Work as you did before. And then notice the warning. God is so good. He always gives us a warning along with it, doesn't he? He said, or else. Everybody say, or else. Have you ever had an or else? Lane has given me a few or else's. Let me tell you some of her or else's. No, I won't eat that. I remember my mom used to give me an or else. Now, my mom, they didn't tell her that people are not supposed to spank kids. And my mom, they didn't tell her you're not supposed to beat your kid. But that wasn't my mom. My mom would get a belt. How I many how I many came up with the belt religion? My mom would get that belt and she would say, R else, Jerry. R else. Say, so you're gonna line up R else. Well, that's what God has given us here. He's given us R else. He said, or else I will come and I'll remove your candlestick. God, would you do that? 
Would you remove my candlestick, God? And I can just hear the Lord saying, If there's no fire, there's no need of a candlestick. You hear what I'm telling you? If there is no fire, there's no need. So what we're going to start this year, the reason that this is going to be such a different year in all of our lives, we've headed into a 10-year change of God. I'm going to tell you what. Across this world, believers that haven't said it, never said it before, they're saying, the Bible is being fulfilled. It's time for the coming of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I want to make it on that load, don't you? Somebody say, hallelujah, I want to make it on that load. <laughs> now, the, the hard thing about the book of Revelation is this. When you read the book of Revelation, you get a few chapters in and there will be a group that shows up in heaven. If you read the if you'll keep reading the revelations, it won't be long to if you'll find another group showing up in heaven. And you read it a little while longer, and there'll be another group. I don't know about you. I'm not looking for that third group in. I want to be on the first group that goes in for the glory of the Lord. And the Bible says, pray that you would be able to escape all of these sorrows that's coming on this world. But I don't know about you, but I want when Jesus comes through those skies, I want him to see a bright light and say, Who's that down there burning? Who's that? Who lit that fire? Who lit that fire? I want somebody to say, That's Jerry. He's burning. He's burning bright with a passion for God. Praise the Lord. Real, head, real quick with your head bowed just for a moment. If you hear this morning, say, Jerry, Jerry, I need to start with the first thing I need to do is make things right with God. So I'm just going to pray. I'm not going to ask you to slip out of your seat. I'm just going to let you raise your hand right where you're sitting at. If you recognize that you need to make some things right with God, I want you to raise that hand up right where you're sitting. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer at the word that we can have that part just wiped away. We put it under the blood and let the Lord take care of it. Once you've got your hands raised, just go ahead and slip your hand back down. If you wouldn't pray this prayer with me. Everybody pray with me to help these that would that specifically need this issue. Say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for my sin. I ask you to cleanse me, Lord. All that I failed you in, Lord, I ask you, Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you, Lord, that you would forgive me and that you would cleanse me. Allow your blood, Jesus, to cover me and to cleanse that sin completely out of my life. I receive your forgiveness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now I want to quickly ask you, if you have an inkling in your heart, or if you have, or if you have, if you say, Jerry, I, I feel like God's calling me to a purpose. I, I feel like the Lord is doing that thing. That little card that you've got, uh, uh, it says other down there. You know, I believe God is calling. I, I believe the Lord is speaking to some people to do some things for Him that's never been done before. I believe God is calling for a move of God during this last day. That where God is directing your life. Some of you, God is calling in you to preach. And you say, I can't do that. But God says, I can do that through you if you let me. Many of you, God is calling. God's calling you to make money like that wealthy multimillionaire that I just talked about in that testimony. Some of you, God's calling you to the area of politics. And if we ever needed godly politicians... We need that now.
I, I believe God. I believe sitting in this place now, we may have governors, may even have a president, may have may have senators. See, I believe God is speaking out His heart. That's what happens when you say, Lord, I want to do Your purpose. So if you know what you're called, or you have a sense that God's calling you, once you fill out that card, but, but the mainly thing, if you have a sense of what God's calling you to do, I want you to very quickly slip up here to the front. It's very important for me to lay hands on you, pray for you this morning, that I'm going to anoint you for those tasks, so where that you won't go in, that you will not go into this, into this, this task without the anointing of God. Because it's going to take God's empowerment to help you. It's going to take God empowering you to be able to strengthen you. Donald, if you would, Elaine, y'all come on with me here. Praise God. If you know what the Lord's calling you to do. If you know what the Lord... Now, what I want you to do with this with this season, I want you to do this. Let this finalize it with the Lord. Let this finalize it. I'm going to come down. We're going to come down. We're going to lay hands on you. When we lay hands on you, I want you to accept that calling. You, you've got to start somewhere. You quit, quit guessing about that thing. It's time to. It's time to. It's time to accept that calling and step across that line. And so this will be this morning for that. All right. What we're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're not going to. We're not here to declare that calling. We're here to pray for God's anointing on that calling. This is the time that we're going to lay hands on you, and we're going to believe that that calling that God's put on your life is going to be empowered by God. Chet is not going to have to be you. It's going to be God using you for the glory of God. Amen. Hayden is not going to be you. It'll be God using you for the glory of God. Amen. Brian, it'll be God using you to bring that path for the glory of God. So when we lay hands on you, I want you to just accept it. I want you to say, Lord, I accept your calling. I thank you now. And from this moment forward, Lord, I'm going to believe for the empowerment. Do I say empowerment? Empowerment to be able to complete your calling. 